Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. Richard Lane with you on Friday, September the 19th. This week, our podcast relates to the World Report section in the Lancet. Let's hear straight away from our Washington correspondent, Susan Jaffe. Hi, I'm Susan Jaffe in Washington, D.C., and in this podcast, I'll be discussing the recommendations concerning antibiotic resistance from the President's Council of Advisors on Science and Technology, better known as PCAST. After working on this issue for more than six months, PCAST approved their recommendations in July, and their final report was just released a few hours before we finalized this podcast. At the July meeting, Dr. Eric Lander, director of the Broad Institute at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology and Harvard University and the co-chair for this report, said PCAST received input from more people on this issue than he could remember receiving on any other report. And although he said this is a hugely complicated problem, he also said there's a simple way to look at it. Here's how he put it at the July PCAST meeting. We know that there is no permanent victory against microbes. Microbes continue to evolve in response to selective pressure. If you use antibiotics, whether in human healthcare or in agriculture, you will over time see resistance. This was pointed out by Alexander Fleming in his Nobel address. This is not a surprise that there are lots of mutations that occur in bacteria and lots of exchangeable pieces of DNA that transfer between bacteria that create ways to spread and create new resistance. It is a cat and mouse game played at this microscopic level between our agents, our therapeutics, and these microbes. There is no permanent victory in that sense. Nonetheless, we can stay ahead of it. And the simple triad of, of a strategy is surveillance, stewardship, and continued development of antibiotics or other treatments. It's a rate question. If we can surveil and see what's going on, and we can slow down the rate at which we lose antibiotics through stewardship, and speed up the rate at which we create new antibiotics or equivalent therapies through science and other, other such measures, science both in academia and, and industrial scientific development, we stay ahead. We win. We have a, a pharmacopoeia of, of agents and a collection of treatments that let us largely stay ahead. If we fail, if we fall behind in our stewardship and our creation, or if we fail to surveil to, to understand what's going on, it's a very real risk to see a resurgence of what life looked like a century ago when we had bugs we could not treat. It is a terrifying prospect. Now, I don't. I mean, it doesn't help to do scare tactics around these things, but it's just plain scary. Members of PCAST have commented to me, I now worry when I go into a hospital whether I might get an antibiotic-resistant infection, and that is not a crazy prospect anymore. But there's something missing from the report that has some people in Washington worried. It does not call for a reduction in antibiotics used in food production. Congresswoman Louise Slaughter, a New York Democrat and the only microbiologist in Congress, has sponsored legislation that would limit antibiotic use only to treat sick or injured animals. I talked to her shortly before the PCAS final report was issued. What it's doing is creating havoc in the medical 
feel because of the numbers of bacteria now that are resistant to the antibiotics that we have because antibiotics are used every day. 80% of those uh, antibiotics produced in the country are fed to livestock and cattle. And believe me, they don't want to give it up. But Dr. Lander said at the PCAST meeting that even though we know antibiotic-resistant bacteria can transfer from animals to humans, it's not clear how much of the problem is caused by that transfer. Congresswoman Slaughter disagrees. That's absurd. It's not unclear. It is very clear. That's why 440, I think, outside groups, including every scientific group in the United States, and now the World Health Organization, agree with us. Dr. Gail Hansen, a veterinarian who heads the Pew Charitable Trust's campaign on human health and industrial farming, hopes that PCAST will acknowledge that agricultural use is a big part of the problem. Pew Charitable Trust and 22 health, consumer, and environmental protection groups wrote to PCAST asking it to recommend closing a loophole in the FDA rule that allows continued use of antibiotics in food production for reasons other than growth promotion, such as disease prevention. As I said, we use so much more antibiotics in food animals than we do in humans, that just the sheer volume should make us rethink what we're doing. The Swan Report in 1969 talked about the problem of antibiotic resistance because of the use of antibiotics in food animals. The industry has known that as well. So since 1969, we've known about the issue and the problem, and yet we've grown our industrial farming or our, our intensive farming using antibiotics sometimes as a crutch for unhygienic or crowded conditions. Industry has the same science everybody else does. So if they were going to do this on their own, they've had a long time to do that, and that, that hasn't happened. If agricultural use of antibiotics is not reduced, that could cause another problem, according to Congresswoman Louise Slaughter. And it's going to be a trade issue, I'm sure, because the EU is really taking this up pretty rapidly. Why would they want to buy meat from us that has things in that they forbid use of it in their own country? President Barack Obama has issued an executive order directing federal agencies to implement some of the report's recommendations. He is also creating a task force to combat antibiotic resistance to be co-chaired by the Secretaries of Defense, Agriculture, and Health and Human Services. Their main job will be to develop a five-year national action plan to address the problem. And they have to get the plan to the president by February 15th of next year. I hope to have an update on this in a future podcast. Many thanks indeed to Susan and her contributors for putting that podcast together. And of course, we will return to the topic in the near future. In the meantime, many thanks for listening. See you next time.